Luke chapter 2, we're going to begin at verse 25, and let's read the word of the Lord together, shall we? And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people. Israel. Now, Lord, I pray that you will open our hearts, that you will help us to hear and to receive what the Spirit will say to us in the midst of the preaching. I lift up other life-giving churches, and I pray blessing upon them. And I pray for our loved ones not yet walking in right relationship with you. Especially, I pray for sons and daughters who have wandered from the faith. I pray that you'll send the Holy Spirit after them draw them to you so that not one of them will be lost I pray this in the only name that matters that that marvelous name of Jesus amen you may be seated it was an ordinary day just like hundreds of ordinary days before it as sunlight filtered into the sparsely furnished room, the old man pulled aside the blanket and slowly rose from his bed. Walking stiffly to the wash basin, he washed away the slumber from the night before. Looking at his reflection in a small mirror through eyes clouded by cataracts, he carefully combed the thinning hair on his head and the full beard on his face. His normal routine of a light breakfast would have to wait as he seemed compelled by some internal force to leave immediately so that he might attend to some undisclosed urgent business that was only a vague impression. Hurrying as quickly as age would allow along a path he had taken perhaps hundreds, even thousands of times, he soon arrived at the entrance to the temple. No matter how many times he had stood in this spot, the magnificent splendor of this house and all it represented never failed to cause him to pause and bow in humble, reverent worship. Even at this early hour, the place was already teeming with activity, and the old man positioned himself against the wall so as not to obstruct the flow of traffic. His senses were assaulted with the sights sounds and smells of animals being slaughtered and placed on the altar for sacrifice. Prayers were being offered. Incense was rising. Everything seemed very ordinary, just like every other day in all the years the old man had been coming. Thinking he must have somehow misunderstood the prompting in his spirit and 
hearing his stomach growl in protest of the missed breakfast, the old man turned to go. Just then, his attention was captured by a young family entering the courtyard. To the casual observer, there appeared to be nothing unusual about them. Older man, younger woman, carrying an infant. Obviously, a young family coming to observe the ceremonies that had been prescribed in the law for the birth of a child. They would have already observed the first ceremony on the eighth day after the birth. In this ceremony, the son would be circumcised and through this practice would be identified as part of the covenant God had made with his chosen people. This is when the child would have been officially named as well. Following the birth, the mother, according to the law, was considered ceremonially unclean. In the case of the birth of a son, she was required to be in something like quarantine for another 33 days. Then she would go to the temple and their ceremonies would be observed in fulfillment of the requirements of the law for her purification and the redemption of the firstborn. The law called for the sacrifice of a lamb and a turtle dove, along with five shekels as the price for redemption. If you couldn't afford a lamb... Two turtle doves could be brought instead. The offering of two turtle doves reveals the limited means of this particular couple so intent on observing the customs for the mother and her six-week-old son. The old man had witnessed this scene countless times in his years of coming to the temple. But while everything looked routine on the outside, there seemed to be something different about this family. The quiet grace and gentle humility of the couple caused something to stir in his spirit. As he watched, he heard the words of a promise issued many years before resonating in his spirit. A promise that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Finding himself irresistibly drawn to this young family, a question began to form in his mind. At long last, is this the one? Slowly, hesitantly, he approached the couple. As he reached out and gently took the child in his arms, assurance flooded his heart. He lifted his eyes and began to sing. He sang of a promise fulfilled. He sang of future possibilities for the people of Israel that would extend to a promise of possibilities for the whole world. He sang of a savior for all humanity. He sang of personal contentment. Contentment in a promise fulfilled that would allow him to die in peace. Standing in the temple, holding that child in his arms, all the waiting, all the longing, all the expecting, all the hope, all the trusting and believing in the promise of God given to him so many years before, all of it came together. It was worth all the years of waiting just for this moment. And Simeon lifted his voice and sang. The name Simeon means God has heard. Think about that. 
For hundreds of years, through untold pain and suffering, Israel had been crying out for divine intervention. And now, here stands a man in the house of the Lord whose very name is a proclamation of promise. Simeon, God has heard. At the end of the Old Testament, the prophet proclaimed in Malachi 4, 2, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. And with that word of promise, the curtain drops. At the end of Malachi, the voice of the prophet is silenced, and Israel spends the next 400 years without a fresh revelation from God, caught in the middle of political intrigue and military conquest as Syria and Egypt fight for supremacy over the known world. Through 400 years of silence, Israel was crying out, longing for a savior, longing for redemption from the tyranny of her oppressors, longing for the restoration of peace and security. And just when it seemed like they were completely abandoned, along comes Simeon, whose name is an affirmation of hope. God has heard. Even though the Romans are now in power, it's okay. Hold on to the promise. God has heard. Even though the people are still oppressed, don't despair. God has heard. Even though you haven't heard another sound from heaven, don't lose heart. God has heard. Even though you can't see anything happening, never fear. God has heard. Well, here we are in this worship service on the Sunday, the day after Christmas, already turning our attention to the new year that is right around the corner. Christmas Day has come and gone and some of you are still looking for the fulfillment of God's promise to your life. Some of you are still looking for redemption from pain and fear and bondage. Some of you are still looking for restoration of peace and joy and contentment. Some of you are at the point where nothing has changed and you've decided the promise of God is no longer valid. Some of you have abandoned all hope. Some of you have concluded that God has forgotten about his word to you. But I came to this pulpit today to remind somebody, God has heard. Hold on to the promise. See, it's too soon to give up on the dream. Don't short-circuit the possibilities. God has heard. See, it, we, we limit ourselves, and we get ourselves all tied into, okay, it had to happen by the end of this year, and because it hasn't happened, then well, I don't know what's going to happen into the next year. You don't understand, God doesn't mark time the way we mark it. He doesn't mark the calendar by, okay, we're coming to the end of 2021 and getting ready to step into 2022, so we got to take care of everything that was passed in this year before we can get into the new year. God, God doesn't have those kinds of barriers going on. God has heard, so don't give up on the possibilities. See, he heard you cry at the midnight hour. He heard you at the bedside of your loved one. He heard you when you were all, all alone in that dark room. He heard you when nobody else knew anything about your heartbreak. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't forgotten his promise to you. Hold on to the promise God has heard. 
And the story of Simeon illustrates some of the qualities that are necessary in order for you to be able to step over into the new possibilities God has for you in this coming year. These are qualities that need to be cultivated while you're waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise. I want to know if anybody says, Pastor, I have a promise that has not yet been fulfilled in my life. I'm just making sure I'm preaching to the right crowd today. Okay, so we got some folks here that say, yes, there are promises have not been fulfilled. So what are you doing? You're waiting. What do you do while you're waiting? You don't just sit around and twiddle your thumbs. There is something to be actively involved with while you're waiting. This is what will prepare you to receive the possibilities and the promise that God has made to your life. First of all, while you're waiting, there's the quality of preparation. Preparation. Verse 25 says that Simeon was righteous and devout. Simeon had a personal walk with God, a personal relationship with him. This also tells me that he lived a life of integrity. Now think about it. Here was a man who waited years for the fulfillment of God's promise. But while he was waiting... He was preparing himself for the day when God's promise would come to him. While he was waiting, he walked with God. While he was waiting, he maintained a life of integrity. Simeon was known by those who ministered in the temple because of his frequent attendance there. He was constantly there at the house of the Lord. Just because he had received a promise didn't mean he just sat in his recliner at home and watched game shows all day waiting for God to drop the promise in on him. Just because God had revealed a possibility to him didn't mean he just coasted along. See, patience, you see, isn't really a passive thing. Patience means that you aren't trying in your own strength to make something happen. Instead, it means that while you're waiting on God to do His part, you're busy wrapping your life around God. You're drawing near to Him. You're making yourself available to be used by Him for divine purposes. You're honing your skills and developing your abilities. You're doing what you need to do to be able to handle the blessing when it comes. It is this active participation and this active patience that positions you to be able to step with confidence into the possibilities God has for your life in this coming year. It's what Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. He said in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now, when I talk about the promise of God, I'm not talking about something you uh, conjured up out of a colorful imagination. I'm not talking about wishful thinking. I'm not talking about something you talked yourself into because it's always been your heart's desire. No, I'm talking about a specific word from the Lord that is a promise for your life. If God has given you a promise, know that there are some things only He can do, and then there are some things He expects you to do. You cannot do His part And he's not going to do your part. His part is to maneuver all the pieces around to bring about the fulfillment at precisely the right time. And by the way, his timing is never your timing. That was a good place for an amen if you were looking for one. His timing is never your timing. You know, we want it yesterday. The day before would have been preferable. But his waits until what's called the fullness of time. So 
His part is to maneuver all these pieces to come about at precisely the right time. Your part is to make sure you've done the preparation required to be able to handle the possibility when it arrives. Let me illustrate it this way. See, it wouldn't do some of you any good if God fulfilled a promise to bless you financially because you haven't spent the time to learn how to manage those resources when God brings them to you. Why would God give you better when you aren't taking care of what you have? Why would God give you more when you aren't being a good steward of what you have? Okay, let me break it down a little bit further. If you won't tithe on $10, why would God bless you with $100? It wouldn't do some of you any good if God fulfilled a promise to bless your relationship. Because you haven't made an investment to learn how to have a healthy relationship. You haven't dealt with your personal issues so your excess baggage keeps sabotaging any opportunity for a meaningful connection with someone. It wouldn't do some of you any good if God fulfilled a promise to bless your health. Because you haven't disciplined yourself to be able to maintain the physical benefits God brings to your life. See, what happens is, this is all right. Right here at the end of the year, especially after all the holiday goodies, you know, we eat stuff we know we shouldn't eat in excessive amounts. And drink stuff we shouldn't drink. And become sedentary. You know, sit around. And because of the way we eat and drink and don't move. And the stress that accumulates in our life. Then our health gets affected. And so what do we do? We start praying, oh Jesus, heal me. And Jesus says, if I healed you. It wouldn't do any good because you're going to keep eating and drinking and doing the same stuff you've been doing and you'd be right back in the same shape in another six weeks. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just think I'll clap for myself on that. Glory to God. You know, sometimes you just have to amen yourself when you know you're preaching good. So if you're not going to maintain your health, why would God bless you with it? See, we want to, we want to mess it up and then believe God for a miracle of health. Why don't we do our part and then trust God? See, God will do his part, but we have a responsibility in that. Y'all doing okay? Why don't you just look over at somebody and say, he's doing really good today. It's good stuff. Some of you have been praying for the right opportunity. But what are you doing to prepare yourself to take advantage of it when the Lord brings it across your path? When God makes a promise, then it's up to you to do the necessary preparation so that you're ready to walk through the door when he opens it. His promise is fulfilled and the possibilities come to those who are prepared. There's a second quality that needs to be cultivated. It's the quality of position. I know you came to church on the day after Christmas thinking, we're just going to get a little pick-me-up, and then, you know, God's going to help us, and we'll get us, get us through the end of the year. You were not expecting the pastor to just cut it, come in and with guns blazing, were you? It's all right. The second quality needs to be cultivated is the quality of position. 
Verse 25 says that Simeon was looking for the consolation of Israel. Verse 27 says that he came in the spirit into the temple. Now watch this. Here's a man who wasn't swayed by the outward appearance. Here's a man who wasn't moved by the negative report. He continued in a spirit of expectation and he put himself in a position to be able to embrace the possibility when it was revealed. Because the promise was from God, Simeon put himself in a position to be where God was. God was in the temple. The promise was from God. Therefore, Simeon was in the temple looking for God's promise. I'm amazed at the people who are looking for the blessing and the help of the Lord, but they want to stay away from the house of the Lord. If you want the blessing of the Lord, then you need to position yourself in the place where the Lord is blessing. If you want to find the Lord, the first place you need to look is in His house. In some 38 years of being a lead pastor, I suppose I've heard most of the excuses people use for not being in the house of the Lord. I've heard there are hypocrites and gossips in the house of the Lord. I've heard there are people who judge you in the house of the Lord. I've heard the music is too loud in the house of the Lord. I've heard the temperature is never comfortable in the house of the Lord. I've heard the preacher is too loud and too long in the house of the Lord. And I won't argue with you that if you look hard enough, you'll find people who are hypocrites and gossips and judgmental and mean-spirited and critics and cynics and impossible to please in the house of the Lord. You will find every one of those. Let me tell you what I find when I come to the house of the Lord. There's a whole lot of love in the house of the Lord. There's grace in the house of the Lord. There's healing in the house of the Lord. There's deliverance in the house of the Lord. There's freedom in the house of the Lord. There's forgiveness in the house of the Lord. There's caring and sharing in the house of the Lord. There's help in the house of the Lord. There's hope in the house of the Lord. There, there's joy in the house of the Lord. There's peace in the house of the Lord. There's, there's restoration in the house of the Lord. There's, there's redemption in the house of the Lord. There's wholeness in the house of the Lord. There's comfort in the house of the Lord. There's strength in the house of the Lord. There's mercy in the house of the Lord. Those are the things I find in the house of the Lord. And if any of those sound appealing, if any of those things are what you need, then you need to position yourself in the house of the Lord. This is where the blessing of the Lord flows to his people. Simeon kept going to the temple because he wanted to be in a, in a position to receive the promise of God when it was fulfilled. He acted like every time he went, it would be the day when he would see the Lord's Christ. I, I, I want to know something. If you have a promise from God that hasn't yet been fulfilled, how are you acting? Are you acting like the promise is certain and sure? Are you acting like there's a possibility on the horizon just waiting to be embraced? Or are you acting like your situation is hopeless? Are you acting like every time you walk in the doors of the house of the Lord, that just might be the time when the heavens open and God comes through for you? Or are you staying away from the Lord's house because you've been disappointed so many times and you're afraid of being let down once again? Somebody needs to start acting like the promise of God 
is true. Somebody needs to start acting like Philippians 4.19 is true. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Somebody needs to start acting like Psalm 27.1 is true. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Somebody needs to start acting like Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6 is true. He has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? Somebody needs to start acting like Romans 8 and 37 is true. But in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Somebody needs to start acting like 1 Corinthians 15 and 57 is true. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody needs to start acting like Psalm 23 and 6 is true. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God has promised. He has heard your cry. So start acting like his promise is true. Live in faith and hope. Live in expectation. Live like you expect just any minute to turn the corner and walk right into the new possibility God has promised. Well, there's the quality of preparation. There's the quality of position. Finally, I want you to see there's the quality of perception that needs to be cultivated. Verse 25 says the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. Verse 27 says that Simeon came in the Spirit into the temple on that particular day. No doubt, there were hundreds of people milling around the temple when Mary and Joseph came with the child Jesus to observe the rituals and ceremonies required by the law. The priest who received the sacrificial offering saw them. There were others waiting their turn to offer their own sacrifices that saw them. Rich and poor, young and old, people from every station of life saw the young family. But of the perhaps hundreds of people who saw them, only Simeon understood what he was seeing. Only Simeon had perception. Everyone else saw with natural eyes. Simeon saw with eyes of the Spirit. Others saw a baby. Simeon saw the Christ. Others saw an ordinary newborn. Simeon saw the Son of God. Others saw a routine religious exercise. Simeon saw divine possibilities. Simeon saw a Savior. Simeon saw a Deliverer. Simeon saw hope personified. Verse 32 says that Simeon saw a light of revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory of your people Israel. What I want you to know today is that if you're going to embrace the divine possibilities God has for your life, then you're going to have to have spiritual perception. Because the opportunities God brings, the opportunities God brings will probably not come the way you expect them to come. You can't dictate how and when and where God will open a door. It's going to be according to his timetable. It's going to come where he wills. It's going to come in the manner he decides. But if you don't have spiritual perception, you're going to miss it. 
See, I want to tell you, in the process of God bringing his possibilities to you, he's going to lead you by some strange paths. He's going to put you in places that are going to be uncomfortable. He's going to stretch you. He's going to challenge your long-held ideas and your cherished traditions. And if you're not in tune with the Spirit, if you don't have spiritual perception, then you'll miss what God is doing and you'll miss your miracle moment. You know, we sang, you are great. You do miracles so great. But if you don't have spiritual perception, you'll miss the miracle when God brings it. When the Spirit spoke to Simeon and told him to go to the temple on that day, Simeon didn't argue. He didn't say, Lord, this is a waste of time. After all, I was just there yesterday. He didn't say, Lord, I, I really don't feel up to it today. You know, I didn't sleep well last night. He didn't say, Lord, I have relatives in from out of town, so couldn't we just make it next week? No, the Spirit spoke, Simeon obeyed. The Spirit called, Simeon said, yes. Preparation, position, perception. This is what will enable you to, re re to reap the reward of new possibilities for your life in this coming year. Now, before I conclude this message, there's one other thing I want you to see in this song of Simeon. It's in verse 29. Verse 29, Simeon begins his song with the words, Now, Lord. When Simeon embraced the new possibility wrapped up in the Christ child, he said, Now, Lord. When Simeon embraced the one who had not only been promised, but would now finally bring redemption and restoration, he said, now, Lord. And it just may be that I'm talking to somebody today who has heard the word of the Lord about promises and new possibilities for your life. Promises and possibilities for redemption and restoration. Promises and possibilities for opportunities. Possib uh, promises and possibilities for, for new ventures. Promises and possibilities for prayers answered and dreams fulfilled and hopes realized. And maybe you've heard messages like this before, but today something feels different. Today faith is rising in your heart in a fresh new way. A faith to believe like you've never believed before. A, a faith to embrace the exciting things God has in store for you in the coming year in a way you've never embraced them before. A faith to pursue God and devote yourself to his kingdom. A faith to not be swayed by what it looks like on the outside. A faith to surrender to the leading of the Spirit and to acknowledge him in all your ways. If that's you, if that faith is rising in your heart and you would dare to, to embrace that, then this is a now, Lord, moment. It's what Hebrews 11.1 1 is talking about when it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The moment you fully embrace it, it's yours. The moment you receive it, it's yours. It may take a while to manifest. It may take some time to get here. But when the promise of God is made and a new possibility is embraced and faith rises in your heart, then it's a now Lord moment. Have, have any of you ever had a, a, a large check 
that you received and you went to the bank and deposited it and the bank said, there's a hold on this and you'll not be able to access these funds for, it seems like an interminable amount of time, you know, two, three days, a week, depending on the amount in the bank. Anybody ever had that happen to you? You have it, it's yours, but you can't yet access it. When God makes a promise and you know it's from the Lord, it's yours. But there may be a delay in being able to access it. But the moment you have it, the moment you receive it, that's your now Lord moment. And now we're just waiting on the final fulfillment. And I want to tell you, you'll act for the rest of your life like you already have it when you have that now Lord moment. There have been times when I, I had a, 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 a bill coming due and I didn't have the resources to cover it. And I got the resources in. I was worried about that bill because I, I didn't know how it was going to be met. Got the check, made the deposit, and they said, there's going to be a hold on it. But you know what? I stopped worrying about that bill. I started acting like it was taken care of. Why? Because I had that. It, I, it's mine. It's there. I'll access it. I want to tell you, when God gives you a now, Lord, moment, you'll start acting like it's already done. You'll never again be the same when you have one of those now, Lord, moments. This is God's promise to me. I know the Lord is going to take care of this. I know God has heard. I know the answer is there. I'm not going to have to lose sleep over it. I'm not going to have to get all tied up in knots over this situation anymore. Why? Because God has heard. God has promised. It's a now Lord moment. I just wonder if there's anybody who's ready to embrace the promise of God for a new possibility for your life in this coming year. Anybody ready to say, I believe God has something new for me, a new possibility. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to let him bring his part. And together, it's going to happen. If that's you, I'd just like to see your hand. Anybody ready to start acting like it's already yours? Like you've already got it. I, it, I, I don't see it yet. I don't, I don't feel the effects of it yet. But, but God's promised it. It's mine. Now, Lord. Now, Lord. Now, Lord. The promise is given. The possibility is presented. Faith increases. Assurance comes. From this time forward, you'll not be like you used to be. You'll be like you're going to be. This, this becomes your now, Lord moment. Bow with me for just a moment, please. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the faith that rises in our hearts right now. I pray for the people of this congregation who would dare to believe your word. I pray for open doors. I pray for a fresh vision. 
I pray for a new resolve. I pray for new possibilities. And I pray for divine favor over their lives. I pray that from this day forward, they will have experienced their now Lord moment because of the promise of your word. And they'll walk out of this place acting like it's already theirs. I believe you, Lord. I believe your word. I believe your promise. You are faithful. And I thank you for that. Make it real. Make it so in the lives of your people. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Chains fall, fear bow here now. Jesus, you change everything. Lives healed, old foul here now. Jesus, you change everything. Chains fall. Show us your glory, show us your glory.